Mystery Podcast. Hello again. Welcome to Mystery Podcast. I'm novelist Sherry Todd Bayshore. Today I'll offer a plot hint from a second novel, this time for my 2020 Distinguished Favorites award-winning suspense, The Count of Balpate. When a business card belonging to CSU history professor Hank Rule is found on the body of a murder victim near Balpate Inn, Estes Park, Colorado, the new sheriff wanted to know why. So did Dr. Rule. With the historical elements of a skull carved from coal and a 1913 fiction classic, Dr. Rule is asked to consult temporarily. But as the investigation progresses, discovering why becomes more complicated and more convoluted and more treacherous for everyone connected to the case. Chasing clues across the country and a sly killer across Europe, Dr. Rule discovers a stunning motive more ancient than written history. Chapter 1. Are you ever going to answer either one of your phones? Cleo Rule leaned against the casing of the outer screen door after pushing open the inner door. There was no response from her husband, who remained seated at his desk. Hank's back was to her and the open doorway. She tried again, a little louder. This persistent tag-team ringing is disrupting my morning news. Close the door. You're letting in cold air. Cleo shivered slightly, despite her heavy sweatshirt and sweatpants. Still looking at the back of her husband of 38 years, grinning, she nudged the inside door open even farther. Professor Rule swung completely around, his antique oak chair squeaking. I'm trying to think. Can't think with interruptions in the cold. He patted one side of his graying, black curly hair. Really? Cleo crossed from the doorway to Hank's roll-top desk. She returned the cordless phone to its cradle, then dropped his cell phone onto a stack of copy paper. Me either. What is all the fuss? I have no idea, but these two, Cleo indicated with one delicate hand, started taking turns an hour ago, and now you have the sheriff of Estes Park waiting for you on the house phone, so get off your butt. Hank stood and retied the belt around his green plaid robe. Shit, it's not even eight o'clock. Curious but puzzled, he followed his wife out through the doors of his office above their garage, down the stairs, and along the brick path to the kitchen side door. When did Estes Park get a new sheriff? He searched his memory. And why does he want to speak to me? Estes Park got a new sheriff when the old sheriff retired and moved to Arizona. Cleo opened the back door. I have no idea why she wants to speak to you. Heading straight for the coffee pot, she topped up her mug. Let me know if you need bail money. And Cleo disappeared through the swinging door to the front hall carrying her giant polka dot mug. Hello, this is Hank Rule speaking. I'm sorry I kept you waiting. Professor Rule, this is Claire Gage. The light and lively voice at the other end of the call took Hank by surprise. I doubt that you remember me, but I was one of your students when you were still a TA for Dr. Rupert. You had just published your master's thesis on leadership, the influence of historically flawed command. My maiden name was Parker. I graduated from CSU May 1983, so it's been a while. Hank opened Cleo's laptop on the kitchen island. Yeah, 1983? That's about 30 plus whiles ago. He stalled for time as he signed on, then checked Colorado State University's alumni list. 
but fortunately your alumni profile has your graduation photo. I remember you now. I heard from someone that you went on to law school after leaving Colorado. Yes, OU in Norman, Oklahoma, and then I joined the FBI. I only retired from the FBI two years ago. After 20 years on the East Coast, I still miss the Rockies. So from D.C., my husband Ken and I moved to Estes Park for a quiet, relaxing mountain retirement. Oh, my wife got the idea you were the new sheriff. I am. I've been in office a whole five months. Ken was a pediatrician in D.C. and got bored soon after we settled. With so much time on his hands, he began writing and illustrating children's books. About six months after that, when I was well beyond stir-crazy, a neighbor talked me into running for local sheriff. Obviously, 56 was too young to retire. Dr. Rule, I didn't call to catch up. Okay. I realize it's a gray, miserable March day, but would it be possible for you to drive up to Estes Park now, to the ball paid in? I have a dead body behind the inn, and we found one of your business cards tucked in with his other personal effects. Silence. Professor Rule, I understand it's extremely short notice, but I prefer not to move the victim or disturb the surrounding area until you've been here. Sending you a photo really isn't the same as seeing the site firsthand. Hank was still trying to collect himself. You said him. Yes, the deceased is an elderly male, Hugo Lance. Claire spelled his name. L-A-N-Z-E. Age 97. His ID address is 1010 Liberal Park Lane, Reading, Pennsylvania. Does any of that mean anything to you? Not a damn thing. Unless some of my former students have moved to Pennsylvania, I don't know anyone there, and I'm pretty sure my wife doesn't either. With that man's name, I'm drawing a complete blank. I have no idea why he'd have one of my business cards. Well, the card is an old one. It's at least as old as the one I kept from my years in Fort Collins at CSU. Now I'm really stumped. Hank scrolled through the L's, still studying the university student lists. There isn't a Lance or any name even close to that spelling in the alumni records or current student enrollment. But at 97, I wouldn't expect death to come as a surprise. Professor Rule, Hugo Lance was shot in the back. If I don't shave, I can leave in 10 minutes and be there by 9 o'clock. Sir, that's perfect. Thank you. So ends the last page of Chapter 1. Thank you for listening. And please tune in again tomorrow for another plot hint in Chapter 2.